When you live in the wilds of North Yorkshire in the UK, it's not every day that you get the chance to meet a real-life perfumer. Nevertheless, a couple of years ago, I was fortunate enough to cross paths with today's guest when she gave a workshop discussing the formulas of some of the scents she has created. Joelle Loyou Patry has worked for some seriously big names, including Aqua de Parma, Joe Malone and Givenchy. A couple of years ago, she decided to strike out on her own and has set up her own company, Le Parfumé Français, creating fragrant masterpieces for her clients and for other brands. Hi, Joelle, and thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Nicola. I'm happy to be close to you today. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. I wondered if we could start at the beginning and just talk a little bit about your education and how you came to be a perfumer in the first place. Yes. Well, my mother owned a beauty care salon where I could smell and discover various perfumes and cosmetics. This is where my interest and passion for fragrances started. Um, I collected a lot of miniature bottles and uh, my ultimate dream as a young girl was to create a cosmetic cream for my mother, combining the most beautiful scent and texture that I could imagine for her. This is why I studied chemistry at first to better understand the chemical structure behind scent and texture. And then I entered the Easyca Perfumery School in 1998. After two years of training at Easyca to meticulously understand the scent creation from technical and theoretical perspectives, I joined the fragrance industry and worked on a variety of different projects to master the art of perfume creation. Then in 2001, I left France to embark on a period of exploration to Asia, including seven years in China and four years in Indonesia, working as a perfumer and composing many fragrances influenced by different landscapes and uh, culture. I returned to France in 2012 to rekindle my love and interest in the subtleties, should I say, of fine fragrance. In 2019, I created Le Parfumeur Français, as you said, to tailor-make fragrances for those interested in discovering a rare form of bespoke fragrance creation. And here I am. <laughs> <laughs> And and the actual the training to be a perfumer itself. Now we often hear that it's really grueling and that you aren't allowed to wear clothes that are washed in scented fabric conditioner and you know you, you can't eat strong food or smoke. Are all, all those things are they true? You hear a lot of stories about perfumers. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> and their intolerance about external strong odors such as tobacco, coffee, laundry detergent, etc. Um, I would just say that the most important requirement when you study perfumery is to be in a natural environment, a well-aerated room to avoid any contamination in the air that could alter your evaluation. After that, every perfumer will have hands-on requirements for example, some very talented perfumers, past and present, are smokers, coffee drink, coffee drinkers, I mean, uh, fabric conditioner lovers, <laughs> and so on. So some of those cliches are not a general rule uh, or a general statement, I would say. Mm. 
Yeah. And as part of the training, do you, do you have to memorise hundreds of notes? Um, and in doing so, do some of them come to be your favourites? Um, which ones? Before assembling notes uh, with each other, it is fundamental to study them individually to fully understand their facets, their stories, their impact in the composition. Smelling raw materials every day is very important as even after 20 years of studying them, you can still discover new facets that you did not perceive at first. And it takes years of practice and continuous training to memorize them. And it can go up to a few hundred notes. Yeah, frankly speaking. Yeah. I work with a palette of about 800 raw materials of natural and synthetic origins. It is difficult to pick up a favorite one as um, they have all a specific role to play in a composition. As we say in perfumery, there is no bad odor. It is a question of finding the right harmony between them, in fact. Mm. Mm. Um, having said that, I'm very fond of patchouli, but I already told you that, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> this ingredient has some unique facet for me and is a perfume by itself. Mm. Uh, I love its earthy, humid, woody facet, but also its hint of dark chocolate that I'm fond of and aromatic notes. Mm. Yeah, it's it's certainly something that even I, as a, a non-specialist, can find a lot of interest in and, and keep coming back to. So I, I sort of attack this from the writing perspective. And when you're becoming you know, better and more proficient at writing, there's a process where you, that you kind of go through where you develop your own voice as a writer. Is there a process for developing a, your voice as a perfumer? Um, you, you study perfume creation by following the steps of renowned perfumers and iconic perfume formulations. By doing this, you are getting familiar with what we call emblematic accords. These emblematic accords give you some keys in the art of creation. However, as you gain more and more experience, perfumer tends to develop their own style or signature scent. And I believe that you, you trust your instinct more, you find your own voice that ultimately will transpire in the composition, I think. Mm. Mm. And, and so how would you characterize your preferred style of voice if, if, you, you know, if you were creating for yourself or your partner and you, know, you were given totally free reign? My preferred style? Um, I would rather say my favorite privilege as an independent perfumer is my total freedom and time in the elaboration of the creation. Uh, and here I'm going to say some words that you know very well already, Nicola, because you helped me to make the trans translation from, from uh, French to, to, to English when we built together the website. So um, I would say to compose a perfume is to write using heartbeats of sense. You remember that sentence huh, that we mm. write together? I yeah. do, yeah. Mm. Um, so I am driven by an incessant curiosity, seeking out new experiences, new modes of expression, 
new ideas and connections with the, uh, the world around me, uh, transforming this into perfectly balanced fragrances, which spread a sense of peace, happiness, and satisfaction to the people who, who wear them. Um, the process of composition is time-consuming and meticulous. It begins with the thrill and excitement of experimentation. To start the project with all my passion, allowing myself to let go of the rules, express my ideas freely, to transcribe emotions in the language of scent. Um, once a shape for the final fragrance has been reached, then begins the rigorous and disciplined process of owning the composition. I will test, reformulate, and test again until I'm satisfied that the fragrance is accomplished, balanced, and both pleases and delights the client. Mm. This, this process of creation cannot be rushed, being sacred to the fulfillment of the final scent. And the creative method requires extreme levels of concentration, determination, and exacting standards to ensure that the resulting fragrance is a true expression of my creative, um, I'm not sure to pronounce it properly, but ideals. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It is also for me very important to connect with my clients. So I created Le Parfumeur Francais workshop and studio. It's a kind of refuge, a safe place where mm. ideas can be given flight and creations are sculpted. Situated uh, next door to the workshop is a studio apartment where clients can come and immerse themselves in the world of fragrance creation, getting to know both myself and the materials uh, I will work with, of course. Mm. And I already told you that, I think, but now the, my dream comes true, so, so I say it again. By spring 2021, the workshop and studio will be complemented by the perfumer's garden. Mm. So I'm so happy to tell you that, which is currently under construction. This will allow my client to be fully immersed in the perfume creation process, and that's super important for me. Not only discovering the essence of ingredients, but also connect with its origin and its beauty. So I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's um I really like the idea of being able to smell the raw materials and then go into the garden next door and smell how it is, you know, in, in nature. Um I think that's a really fascinating idea and I'm sure your clients are gonna, you know, be utterly delighted with that. Yeah, it's a kind of sensorial uh word I can offer because you can touch, you can smell, you can hear. It's, it's a super inspiration for me. It's um, a path of education for the client to, to understand from the beginning uh, how it starts and where it comes from. So, no, very, very important in the immersion that I propose to my client. Mm, yeah, definitely. And you've obviously been practicing as a perfumer for, you know, enough time to be fully at the height of your career now. Um how do you think your style has changed over the years? And do you create different things now? And as that process goes on um, and you create more things, do you become truer to some sort of deep creativity within you? Absolutely. Over time, I tend to write perfume composition with a sense of uh, simplicity. 
by this, I mean to have a clear, épuré, I don't know if you get the, the word épuré, a French word that I like, uh, a clear style, épuré, I would say, when mm -hmm. writing the formula so the final composition will be accessible, obvious, impactful, where each ingredient selected has a specific role to play. So for me, simplicity is not an easy exercise. Uh, it takes time, practice, several trials to find the perfect harmony between ingredients. I will not say I create different things now as, a, as perfume creation is always connected to a story, to emotions we want to convey. Um, my ultimate goal really is to translate in a perfume composition the story my clients want to express. To be as truly and close to my client expectations, I would say. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And which perfumers do you admire personally, as a you know, as a professional? Which which perfumers do you think, wow, they're good? So many of them. Um, to name a few, Jean-Paul Guerlain, Ernest uh, Dal Daltroff, you know, the founder of Caron, mm. um, François Coty. He created some pillars. Germaine Cellier uh, with uh, Van Ver or Fraca. Um, more recently, Annick Menardo. She's a genius for me. Uh, Jean-Claude -Jean Elena for the simplicity mm. that I try to reach. Uh, Christopher Sheldrake. Um, the perfection <laughs> of the olfactory creation style. So, wow. Uh, Jean-Louis Siozac, Fahrenheit. Wow. Michel Almerac. Uh, Olivier Crest. And, 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 and my current buddy trainee perfumer, Jordan Sarika, because I think he's <laughs> just super talented and I, I, I rely on him and I trust him a lot. <laughs> Wonderful. It's it's nice to hear um the admiration, you know, the professional admiration within the community as well. It's it's nice to hear that. And mm. obviously you live and work in grass. And I I got to wondering about is there a you know, because grass isn't huge, it's not a huge town, is it? Is there a perfume community there? Do you do you socialise with other perfumers? Does everyone know everyone? Or are perfumers more solitary creatures? Um, perfume world is a small one. So as such, there is a perfume community. Um, even though perfume creation tends to solitary, perfumers tend to know each other. Throughout my career, I have had the opportunity to meet several perfumers and make friends among them. And I love exchanging with them. Mm. <laughs> um, grass is worldly renowned as the cradle of the perfumery. And it is true that the entire city and its surrounding is incriminated by its perfumery heritage. Um, today, Grasse remains the city of traditional perfumery, the homeland of many famous noses, and remains the essential place for any lover of quality perfumery. Just, just to remind people who, who listen to us, the know-how linked to perfume in Pays de Grasse, the cultivation of the perfume plant, the knowledge of natural raw materials and their transformation, 
the art of composing the perfume have been registered in the intangible cultural heritage of humanity by UNESCO uh, since 2018, if I'm not wrong. So Gracias is, is, a, is the city for perfume, I would say. And mm. I'm also an, um, an active member, yeah, it's important that I, I tell that too. I'm also an active member of Cross Expertise. Cross Expertise is an association that promote the heritage, the know-how, the expertise of perfumery and the culture of emblematic flowers in grass. Fabulous. Mm-hmm. Um, I think grass, I, I was obviously lucky enough to visit it, not last year, I think the year before, and mm-hmm. it's a really Thank special you. place, isn't it? It's. Um, it, it wasn't like I imagined. It was much, um, much more friendly, I think, and just... Everywhere you go, there is perfume, whether it's in soaps, whether it's in um, even the food is quite perfumed, you know, or there's little shops everywhere with people selling really high quality goods. It's a really interesting place. And I I feel really lucky that I was able to visit. Yeah, it's accessible. It's simple. It's close to nature. Yet you can feel the perfume industry uh, um, very strongly. I mean, you, you you don't smell only nature when you're in grass. You smell also all the industry around. <laughs> it's mm. from, yeah. yeah. And over the years, how do you think perfumery has changed you as a person? Super good question. Um, perfumery is part of me. And um, I feel so privileged to be part of this industry. I could not imagine my life without it, in fact. And I would say it did not change me, but it made me the person I'm today, yeah? Mm. It's clearly, it's almost like um, it goes beyond a passion. You know, a passion is sort of something that you pick up, isn't it? And you kind of devote yourself to it. But when I Mm. talk to you about perfume, I, I do feel that sense of, it goes beyond a thing that you do and it's kind of part of your DNA now. It's true. It's kind of revelation. It's part of me. I would say it's really a part of me, in fact. Mm. Yeah. I, I'm the perfume. Uh, no, no, that's no, that's really pretentious to say that. But I feel the perfume in my vein and in my heart. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And and another thing that we we'd sort of talked about when we met is is this travel that you've done. And when you know, when I get to know brands, um, travel and perfumery is a theme that keeps coming up time and time again, and they're almost intertwined themselves. And of course, many brands have whole lines built around the sense of travel and and you've traveled and worked in different places. What is it, do you think, that connects travel and perfumery together so quite so tightly? Because traveling is inspiration, I think. Mm. Traveling is discover other. Traveling other people, I mean, traveling is also discovering uh, new countries, new way of thinking. Um, traveling is inspiration. Traveling is going to know better the other people around you. Uh, traveling makes you curious. Uh, traveling makes you um, grow. So... Traveling finally is also perfumery because because you when you open your eyes you also open your nose and 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 you are fed by mm. by 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 your discovery and then you can translate them 
again into a scented message. So yeah, it's it's really linked. I would say it's it's. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure we can we can formulate just behind a, a, an IT screen. You see what I mean? Yeah. If you don't experience, if you don't enjoy your perfumery, it's like uh, visiting um, raw material suppliers. Um, uh, it's like uh, sharing with the people who cultivate plants. You have to live, to experience, to enjoy your perfumery, to be able to to give something authentic, but to give something with emotions. To trigger emotion, you have to to experience, I think. Mm. And, and so, yeah, it's, it's a key. It's a key for me. And traveling during my career has been a, um, um, a key, a key element, I think, because you can give only what you receive. I'm not sure to be clear, but, or what you have. And if you mm. don't have inside and if you go, uh, you don't go and take around, um, by out of curiosity, I would say, uh, you cannot, give in return am i clear nicola i'm not sure and and, no. and in that way traveling is very very important hmm. yeah no i think that's really clear um i think i think it it feels right as well that you go and experience and feel quite deeply and are curious and then that obviously affects the art that you're going to produce when you return and you kind of you've had chance to assimilate all those different new experiences and think about them and they kind of they percolate through your 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 psyche and your brain and then mm-hmm. you know you you transform it don't you into something something else for somebody and i think that's a really nice way of thinking about it yeah because yeah because if you are empty inside you cannot give anything to other people including yeah. if you remain so yeah, mm. traveling make you uh, fool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. And and I know for some of your creations, you'll be bound by confidential confidentiality to your clients, and that you know, of course, we totally respect that. But for assignments that you can talk about, could you give us some ideas of the sorts of things you've been asked to create by people, and what are the briefs? You know, what are the briefs that people want to smell of? I think that they expect that I could translate their story into emotion that will um, mean something uh, to them. And uh, for example, I received a phone call uh, two days ago from from Spain, Um, a young boy called Pablo told me, I have passion for fragrance, I'm an engineer. I would like that you can be able to translate my passion for fragrance and, and, and for orders into a super uh, perfume that can be a part of my DNA. Wow! I said, "What a challenge!" <laughs> Whoa! Um, <laughs> let me think about it. Um, and I said, first, uh, thank you for your call, but um, the most important for me is to meet you, to know you better. And as far as I know you, I can maybe uh, understand what you expect from me. But the difficulty is that. Um, it's, it's difficult for me to go into the mind of someone else and to pretend to be able to feel the emotions uh, in the same way. So it's why I ask uh, people who come to me to feed me with their own experience, their own feelings. And um, I always inform them that maybe my translation might not be uh, exactly what they expect. And it's why I need time 
I need time to, to, to compose and to understand first who they are. And after that, uh, when they give me the green light and when I think um, we, are, we, we are ready and, and every, uh, both of us feel, feel comfortable, then I can start the creation process. But, but it's long and I, it's always a challenge for me and, and I always doubt and it's only receiving a good feedback or even another feedback, which is not especially positive, but um, receiving an exchange, leaving that exchange that finally, I hope I can reach uh, uh, what they expect from me and, and I can trigger emotions and can provide something uh, that will please them and make them be who they are. And I, I wonder, is that ever intimidating when somebody comes to you with an idea and, or, you know, or even a, a big brand approaches you and says, we want something making? Is, is it ever intimidating what, what you're asked to, you know, those emotions that you're asked to trigger? Yes, it is. It is. And, and um, my difficulty is to, keep my ID and to make it alive, um, to, to, to express myself and my creation uh, with freedom, yet, or while I would say, uh, satisfying um, the request of the clients who come to me. They have an ID, but sometimes they, they don't know how to express that ID. And it's my duty to be able to understand and my stress is to uh, understand clearly and to translate it in the right fragments. Sometimes it's not the case. I have to be honest. And then uh, either I have the opportunity to do it again, or, and it's great, or I think that maybe I will not be able to do so. And I'm very frank. And I explain them that um, we should stop which should stop. It's not because I give up. It's because I don't have the right feeling to grant them. Yeah, it's almost, it's like a tightrope you're walking between what you need to do as somebody who creates these perfumed works of art and what the, the client is asking for and trying to navigate that and negotiate it and come to a satisfa satisfactory resolution for both parties is it's a really interesting kind of um boundary between the two i find that really fascinating and obviously at the moment we're still living with the ongoing coronavirus pandemic how has um how has all this affected your working life it made us realize even more how precious our sense of smell and interaction with people are mm. um, like most of us uh, I had to work around it, uh, and I'm so lucky that my clients continued working on several projects despite the, despite the, um, the challenges. So today I'm, I'm so grateful for their trust and courage. Absolutely. And, and we've touched on it a little bit already with the creation of the garden, but what do you see as being next for Le Parfume Francais as we, you know, as we emerge back into the world? Um, yes, as you as mentioned earlier, my currently developing, um, I'm currently developing the Jardin du Parfumeur Français, 
um, a scented garden where a client will be able to discover the most iconic plants, flowers, fruits, trees uh, that we use to extract essential oils, absolutes or resinoids. Um, as I said, we'll be finished around autumn and I'm so excited about it. But um, apart from that, I will uh, also support more and more the project of artificial intelligence in perfumery managed by Same Megri. Uh, she's a talented startupper who created Oh My Note application. I invite you to discover uh, the application of My Note, and I'm one of the support of this uh, super project of artificial intelligence in perfumery that I think could be a key uh, to improve my understanding of client expectation uh, while keeping my freedom of creation. And uh, I'm so very exciting. Um, very um, exciting scented stories are ongoing, plus the new launch of a Cologne range in autumn for an amazing Italo-American brand. Wonderful. It, sound, it does sound like a very exciting time. I, mm -hmm. I, shall, I shall watch with, um, with excitement as to what, what comes next. Yeah. And finally, is there a common misconception about what life is like as a perfumer that you would like to correct? <laughs> Um, well, I have to find the right words to say to answer that question. Um, that would do not need to be worried about having a natural scented environment to welcome perfumers. <laughs> a bit like a misconception about psychologists, you know, where you kind of worry that they will analyze you when you meet one outside of a therapy session. <laughs> <laughs> It is the same thing with perfumer, or at least for me, I would say. No mm. need to be worried about your house, your clothes, your body odor. Uh, if we meet, I'm a normal human being, <laughs> with, um, a normal human being with no extra power of uh, for odor detection. I would say <laughs> might be just a bit more sensitive. So mm. don't be afraid. Um, another one, maybe um, perfumer do not wear perfume. You often hear that, I guess. Mm. Uh, I still love wearing perfume. I do not get indisposed by it. Uh, to the contrary, it will always provide me with joy and comfort, and I could not imagine my life without it. Mm. I'm pleased to hear that, actually. I think it, it's nice to know that you do wear perfume because it you know, it's such a joyful thing, and it would be a shame if, you know, once it becomes your profession, you, you lose that joy from it. Um, you know, from actually wearing it yourself. So I'm I'm really glad that you continue to wear yeah. it. Even if you have to remember that when you create perfume, your surrounding, your environment must be natural. Mm. But it doesn't mean that you cannot wear perfume. Because even if you wear perfume as a composer, uh, your olfactory receptor will be uh, saturated by your own scent. So it's not supposed to disturb you. You, you, you get it? Mm, yeah so yeah mm. fabulous so th those are the end that's the end of my sort of official questions and i have some quick fire questions for you so these are just whatever pops into your mind uh there's no right or wrong answer um i'm just mm -hmm. interested so what's your favorite smell patchouli <laughs> we should have guessed that shouldn't we <laughs> What smells do you dislike? 
uh, wet clothes that you forget in your washing machine for yep. a while. You see what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> if you could go anywhere and smell anything from any point in history, where would you go and what would you smell? Middle age, close to Marie Antoinette bathroom. Yeah, that would be fascinating, I think. <laughs> yeah. What do you think fear smells like? Fear doesn't smell. This is why it is fear. Unscented. That would fear me. <laughs> <laughs> what smell transports you to a strong olfactive memory and where does it take you? The skin of my children in the most comfortable place in my mind. Mm, the skin of my children, definitely. Mm. And what fragrance are you wearing right now? I'm wearing a perfume that I'm still creating for a big brand. <laughs> it's ongoing, in fact. Fabulous. Uh, what do you think summer smells of to you? For me, it smells my sister's skin, Monoya, Vanilla. <laughs> this is my sister's smell. What's your favourite food smell? Indian smell, Indian food. Mm. Because of spices. Yeah. Faint spices, I would say. And wood. Yeah. Uh, what smell reminds you of school? Eraser with a strawberry flavor. <laughs> <laughs> that I, my mother doesn't want to to buy for me so the one of my best friend i would say <laughs> well it's been fantastic talking to you joelle thank you so much for joining us today um it's been a real pleasure to get and you know your insights into the the real world of the perfumer so thank you ever so much for being here well, it's nice to share a moment with you again. So thanks. Uh, thanks a lot. Thanks again. And uh, thanks for that interview and the time spent together. Thank you, Nicola. The Sniff Podcast is written and produced by me, Nicola Thomas, with music by Phil Collingwood. You can find all our reviews online at the-sniff.com. We're also on Instagram, at the Sniff website, and Twitter with the same handle. If you want to support our work, please find us on Buy Me A Coffee. The web address is buymeacoffee.com forward slash the sniff. Our guest today was perfumer Joël Lerieux Patrie from Le Parfumer Français. We weren't sponsored or paid to feature this brand or Joël's work here. Thanks very much for listening. <laughs>